What it do, everybody? It's your boy Dom. No, I was gonna let you. I was gonna let you. Okay, it's your boy Dom. It's Darnell, and it's Double D's here today. You feel me, Demetrius? What's up, guys? Available. Demetrius is not available. He is taking another rest day. He is facing a hamstring in injury that has been lingering, just like Kevin Durant. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay because we have Kyrie and we have James Harden right here helping him out. So we're just gonna talk yeah, about man. we're just gonna talk about the games that happened, uh, the two games that happened on Wednesday and all the games that happened yesterday. Uh, you know, we had an extended break along with the NBA, but I know y'all are excited to hear us again. So we will definitely be here doing our reactions to all of these games and, you know, any any breaking news that happened within the, within the course of the week. So we'll start off with Wednesday. We'll start off with Dallas versus San Antonio. So Dallas wins 115 to 104. And in the game, DeRozan had 30 points and 11 assists, four steals on 12 of 19 shooting. Rudy Gay was a plus 11 with 13 off the bench. He was the highest plus minus on the team. And there wasn't too much else production from, other, from anybody else. And then for Dallas, Porzingis had 28. And Luka had 22, 12, and 12. And he was a plus 18. Maxi Kleber was a... Uh, had 11 on four of seven shooting, and he was a plus 21 highest plus minus on the team. So what do you take away from this game, Darnell? Yeah, this is a, this was a game for DeMar DeRozan where he wanted to have a bounce back game and prove that he should have been an all-star selection. I think he was a little uptight about Mike Conley getting that spot for replacing Devin Booker. So he came out and put up 30 and 11, but – like you said, there was no other production outside of that. They had one, two, five players in double figures, but they needed a player to have, you know, high teens, low 20s to complement his 30, and they would have had a better shot. But just a it was a good scoring distribution, but just an overall, just not, you know, enough scoring. They shot well from the field. They shot 46%, but, you know, it just wasn't enough because they, you know, didn't get enough stops. Porzingis was dominant with his 28 and 14 rebounds. And if Porzingis can play this way, I think he can find a way to stay on the team. But as the trade deadline approaches, it's going to be interesting to watch to see if Dallas decides to make a move or not. But Luka does what he normally does, a plus 18 and a plus minus 12 rebounds, 12 assists, like you said. Didn't shoot it well from three, two of ten, but you expect that sometimes because Lucas not the best shooter yet, but he's still developing. They had solid distribution off the or solid contributions off the bench. Nothing that jumps off the screen, but Dallas is the better team to me, and I think they proved that on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, and something to note is that Lamarcus Aldridge did not play, and he will not be playing for the team for the rest of his career because they mutually agreed to, you know, to go their separate ways. So whether that be via trade, whether that be via buyout, regardless of the outcome, LaMarcus Aldridge will not be a spur anytime longer. It's been a long time coming because ever since he got there from the start of 2016, there's always been, you know, rumors of him and Popovich not getting along. Him and Pop, like, he wanted to, he wanted to leave off, you know, as soon as he got there, so... 
it's, he stayed there for all four years, but, you know, it's just time for him to go on to a different path and probably join the Brooklyn Nets. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think LaMarcus Aldridge leaving was overdue. I do remember when he requested a trade, and then I think him and Popovich had a heart-to-heart yeah. or something like that, and he ended up staying. And he he did play out his contract almost, but, you know, it's best if both sides part ways because obviously the Spurs are going in a different direction, and with the way the game's changed, I think LaMarcus Aldridge needs to find a different role for him, and I think that's somewhere outside of San Antonio. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he'd be better suited as like a bench player on, yeah. you know, just like a on a championship contending team, at least a playoff contender. He could he could mm-hmm. definitely I heard that um, you know, last year Lillard said that he wanted Aldridge back, so that could always be a, a reunion that's waiting to happen. So mm-hmm. I think the top options for him are most likely either Portland and um Obviously, everybody's other option is Brooklyn right now. If you're old and don't have a ring, Brooklyn is right there. <laughs> All right. And next game on Wednesday, the Washington Wizards lost 112 to 127 against Memphis. Bradley Beal was struggling during it, was struggling this game. He only shot six to 22. He was a minus 12, one for eight from three. Russell Westbrook. He had 20 points, 10 assists. You know what he does. He had, he was a plus three out there. He was one of the few pluses alongside Mo Wagner, Troy Brown, and Denny Amiche. And for Memphis, Jonas Valanciunas had 29 points, 20 rebounds. He was a plus 17. Dylan Brooks was the highest plus minus on the team with plus 22. Desmond Bain had 20. Ja had John Moran had 21 to 10, and pretty much they just outscored them. They just had a lot of production. There was a lot of 20 – there were three 20-point scores, and then they just had a lot of production out there. So what did you see from this game? Yeah, it's a game where Bradley Bill and he obviously struggled from the field. He was only 6 of 22 with his 21 points, and he was 1 of 8 from 3. He did get to the free throw line eight times and made all eight. So that kind of, you know, boosted his points up a little bit. But overall, they didn't really get much off the bench outside of Bertans and Avdia, two two guys that they're going to rely on a lot as they try to, you know, continue out in the second half of the season. But if Russell Westbrook is going to play at this level with a 20 and 10 and five rebounds, normally he's in a triple-double range, but if he's going to play that way, you expect him to have a better, sh- a better shot in a lot of these games. But it was just a game where Memphis just had too much from the starters. Jonas, 29 and 20. That's an amazing game for him. John Morant, 21 and 10, six rebounds, seven to 14 from the field. You like to see him shoot good from the field because he's been struggling to shoot from the field this year. And Desmond Bay's been a you know bright spot as a rookie. You know, 20 points in the starting lineup. They got 11 from Melton off the bench. And, you know, they got so much from the starters that they didn't need much from everybody else. And it was enough to get a win against, you know, a Wizards team that had a bad night from their best player on the team. Yeah, one thing that the Wizards have lacked pretty much all season, 
especially after Thomas Bryant went down, is they don't have like a they don't have a really strong big man big man down there. You know, Robert yeah. Robin tries, and then they have Mo Wagner out there. He's not much like a he's more of a shooter than anything else. But you know, mm-hmm. a big man that can take advantage of that will. And Valanciunas was just able to, you know, one thing that Wagner normally does though is he normally stretches the floor, which is why their offense is normally so potent. But you know, mm-hmm. on the defensive end, it's just not much that he's gonna be able to do to hang with Valanciunas out there. But yeah, one thing that probably impacted this though is just Dylan Brooks was probably just on Bradley Beal crazy. He probably just never let him move because it had to be. He was a plus twenty-two out there. Dylan Brooks just had to be making be making Bradley Beals like miserable out there for the most part. <laughs> forcing everybody else to win. Because that's the way to beat the Wizards. You just gotta stop Bradley. As tough it is to stop Bradley, because I've seen this man score on triple teams plenty of times. But like mm-hmm. you know, Dylan Brooks was probably just out there making his life a little more difficult. So then we're on to games from yesterday. So let's see where we start. Let's start with this blowout. Let's start with the Sacramento Kings against the Houston Rockets. So the Sacramento Kings won 125 to 105. De'Aaron Fox had 30. Buddy Hill had 20. Rashawn Holmes had 20. Harrison Barnes had 20. Marvin Bagley had 11. Corey Joe had 13. It wasn't a great game for Tyrese Halliburton, but it didn't matter because everybody else contributed for the most part. And for Houston, man, the season's a wrap. The season's been a wrap. Ever since ever since Christian Wood went down, it's all gone, it's all gone downhill. But damn, this is awful. <laughs> this is really terrible right now, man. Victor Oladipo went out there seven for 21. He had 23 and nine. Kevin Porter Jr. got brought up from the from the G League. He had 13 and 10. He didn't. He had a bad plus minus, but I mean, it's 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 good. It's good to see him get ten assists. It really is. So yeah. that definitely shows that he can be a playmaker in the future. Um, you know, Oladipo already stated that he doesn't want to be there. Wall, um, Wall wasn't playing today. And at this point, man, they might as well buy him out. Let him go play. Go go. Let him go play with Brooklyn, bro. For real. <laughs> they might as well just buy out John Wall's contract. He expensive as shit. <laughs> and like there's no point for him to be there. They already they already got exactly what they needed out of him. He got a first round pick. And John Wall's actually been playing well, but he can't do this all on his own. Especially mm-hmm. if there's not no big men. And then PJ Tucker, you know, PJ Tucker has has told the team, well, they came to a mutual agreement that he's not gonna play for the rest of the season either. And he, they're just going, you know, either trade him or buy him out, whichever case, whichever the case may be. So, what's your opinion on this game? Yeah, this was a this is a tough one, man. I like I like some of Houston's pieces, but I just don't like the way they fit. I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out once you know they get Christian Wood back. Christian Woods missed fourteen games with an ankle injury. And over that 14-game stretch, they've lost 14 straight. So <laughs> that's all you need. Bro, Christian, what the MVP? <laughs> that's all you need to know about Houston right now. And 
Victor Oladipo, he had 23, but he did it on a, a really inefficient 7 of 21 and one of eight from three. Got to the free throw line eight times or nine times, made eight of them. He had nine assists off the bench. They had Kevin Porter brought up from the G League, who they traded for with the Cleveland Cavaliers for an unprotected second-round pick. They got 13 and 10 out of that, so that's a bright spot for them. And outside of that, it's just a whole bunch of pieces that just need to learn how to play together. And I think there's talent there. It's not like this is the most talent-stricken team out there in the NBA. They just don't know how to play together, and they yeah. just don't have a big man. Like, they were getting a lot of center minutes from P.J. Tucker, and with him out of the lineup, now they have to rely on J. Sean Tate, who's only 6'4", and – you know, that's just not going to do it. Justin right. Patton's somebody yeah. they brought up. He's 6'11". I guess that helps. But when he's uh, zero points with a minus 19 in 24 minutes, that's just not going to do it. And for the Kings, you know, they got really good production out of De'Aaron Fox. He's been playing really, really well this year. He was a plus 31. A good Rashawn Holmes game. He had 21 and 11. Just nobody inside that can stop him. And Houston doesn't have really perimeter defenders, sort of say, because their perimeter defenders are, like, playing the post right now. So Harrison Barnes had a good night. He had 20 and 11. And that's all they really needed. And if you can get, you know, four guys over 20 and one over 30, you're going to have to score a lot of points. And that's what they did against Houston. And it really wasn't even that close. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy how big an impact that – you know, that Christian Wood going down, that really did ruin the entire season, for sure. Like, we knew it would have an effect, obviously, because he was clearly their best player. But they were in the playoffs while he was there. They were, like, the sixth seed. As soon as Christian Wood went down, they haven't won a game since. <laughs> it's <Yep>. like, damn. <laughs> but, hey, man, Harden, Harden said, I don't see a future here. And, damn it, he might have been right. Because <laughs> every because now everybody leaving. The market's left. PJ about to leave. Victor Oladipo already said he already declined the 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 extension. He I don't know if he's going to Miami, but he's not going back to Houston. And then nope. you feel me? And again, they might as well just go ahead, buy out John Wall's big ass contract and just let him just let him go over to Brooklyn. <laughs> so Yep. Build around Kevin Porter Jr. and Cam Martin Jr. and let it be a day. Yeah, exactly. Hey man, at least they got at least they got a bunch of firsts. So they can just build yeah. the team back up. And then Kevin Porter Jr. is young. And obviously we'll have to see how his maturity and how his personality fits with the team. But yep. in terms of like pure talent, you know, he's definitely he's definitely a good prospect. I believe Kevin Love Kevin Love said that. Kevin Porter Jr. was the most talented player on the team, even more than Garland, Sexton, Nance, everybody else. He said Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. had the most potential. So he had he he had a lot of potential, but it's just a lot of you know maturity that he still got to gain, and hopefully you know he can learn from you know what happened in Cleveland and what's happened in his G League experience and help that solidify him as an NBA player because I believe he is one and I don't believe he should be down in the G League but you know it's going to be a lot to ask for him to be a face of a franchise 
right now. So I think, you know, them taking it slowly with him is, you know, uh, good for him and good for them as well. Yeah. Right. So awesome. Next game, we got the New York Knickerbockers against the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks won 134. Knicks only had 101. So R.J. Barrett had 22. Alfred Payton had 10. Alec Burks had 17 and 8. Quickly had 15. Toppin had 10. Julius Randle had a terrible game shooting three for 12, only seven points. And they were missing Derrick Rose out there, so they didn't have his production to help them out. As we know that since the trade, he's definitely been one of the keys to the team. But even if he was there, there, was, there wasn't much they were going to do about this. You know, Giannis had triple-double, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. DiVincenzo 11, Holiday 11, Middleton 14, Lopez 14, Augustine 12, Forbes 21. Everybody contributed. Everybody that needed to contribute contributed for Milwaukee. And, you know, not many people were minuses out there. It's hard to be a minus when y'all win by 30, but <laughs> nobody out there was really was really negative. And you feel me? They 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 put Augustine back on the bench. They were going to do it. They were going to do it eventually, but they put Augustine back on the bench, and you know, they were still able to. They were still able to thrive. You know, Augustine went four for four from the field. Forrest went seven to nine from the field. Seven to seven from three. So you know, they just got good production out of all the people that you know they expect to give them a little bit of production. So, what did you see out of this game? Yeah, this is one where you know the starters from Milwaukee just you know, had a really, really good performance as a collective and everyone individually performed well. And I think having Drew Holiday in the starting lineup is better for them. I didn't really like him off the bench. I didn't think it really made much sense. So I'm glad he's back in the starting lineup. I think leaving Dante in there is a good thing for them as well. And you saw it by, you know, how the game panned out. They finished the first quarter with 32 36 in the second quarter, 37 in the fourth, just out there scoring at will, playing team basketball. And a guy like Brent Forbes is off the bench. We talked about not playing DJ Augustine and Brent Forbes together because, you know, they have a negative impact. They don't have the best size. But you play, play a guy like Brent Forbes because of the shooting that he brings to the floor. A guy yeah. that can go 7-7 seven seven from the three-point line, that's not a fluke. And I think even if he's not making his threes necessarily, but the gravity that it brings on the basketball court, it just allows Giannis a little more freedom out there. And when you, you're trying to figure out the outside uh, or the pieces of a team that fit around the outer edges, you want guys like uh, – you want a shooter on a team that can just, you know, help a guy like Giannis who's not a great shooter who wants – space out there to get inside of the paint. And I think when they're playing Milwaukee basketball, they're one of the best teams in, in the league. And if Julius Randle's going to score seven points, I think this was his first game of the season under 10. He was a minus 19, 20, minus 27 for R.J. Barrett, just horrible all around for the Knicks. And they're going to lose games. And they just couldn't get stops, and that's what it basically came down to. Yeah, I mean – Again, I never thought the issue was specifically either or. I mean, just specifically, yeah, I never thought it was specifically either or. But I just thought them playing together, Augustine and Forbes playing completely together, 
I just thought that yeah. that would provide some defensive liabilities. But the thing is, if, if they're both going to make all their shots, then, I mean, the def- the defensive liabilities are kind of offset. Yeah. Like, like I mean, they're, sh- they're shooters, so, you know, Forbes isn't going to ha- go seven for seven every game. He's going to have his no. games where he goes you know, zero for five. Steph has his game. He goes zero for five. Well, he, he'll know mm-hmm. like zero for ten, but, you know. If like if Steph take if Steph takes a lot of shots, he has bad games. So you know, for shooters out there, if you're gonna lack the size, then you, they need to score. And the fact that if they were both able to give you 33 off the bench together, you know, that just that just helped contribute to the win. Yep. So next up, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves against the New Orleans Pelicans. Minnesota won 135 to 105. Anthony Edwards had 27. Jay, let me see this man's name. Jalen Nowell, Noel, he had 28. He was a plus 25. He shot 11 of 13 from the field. Josh Okogie, he, he shot 0 of 3, but he was a plus 25 right with Nowell. Uh, Nas Reed had 15. Uh, Jaden McDaniels had 20. And Towns only had 16. Lehman only had 12, but it didn't matter because that bench and Edwards just went crazy out there. Holy shit. They really snapped on them. <laughs> just just adding on to what we've been saying about Minnesota, I mean, about New Orleans and the fact that they don't play any defense. You know, Zion, after his, you know, upsetting showing in the All-Star game, you know, he had 24. Shot 9 of 13 from the field, only shot 6 of 11 from the three-point line. Blesso had strong two on one of eight shooting and zero for four from the three. Lonzo Ball had 10 on three of 12 shooting, one for two from the free throw line. So, you know, he wasn't getting to the foul line like he never does. Brandon Ingram only had 13 and Steven Adams had 13. Um, Alexander Walker had 10. This is Kira Lewis Jr. had 11 and Jackson Hayes had 11. On five of five from the field. So Jackson Hayes has actually been turning back up recently. He's been shooting really well recently, but there just wasn't a lot of offense out here. What do you have to say about this game? Yeah, it's a a game for, you know, the Pelicans where you see why they struggle, you know. They don't guard anybody. They let a guy like, you know, Noel off the bench score 28. With six assists, probably the best game of his career. You yeah. get 20 off from Jaden McDaniels. He's not known as a scorer either. This well, was both Nas of their Reed. career highs. Yep. And Anthony Edwards, like 27 points, two or five from three-point line. That's not bad. Didn't get anything else outside of that, basically. But 10 of 22 overall, you know, you like to see it. And he's somebody who's going to shoot low percentages, so – Anytime he's close to 50, you'll take it. And for the the Pelicans, I just don't know if they can get Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson to play well together at the same time. And I think whenever Brandon Ingram struggles, you just see that obviously the spacing with Zion and Steven Adams is just doesn't bowl well for him. He has to take a lot of you know, contested shots and a lot of contested mid-ranges or, you know, threes that just aren't in rhythm. And, 
one of six from three, just not good. And a minus 15, Lonzo, three of nine from three, you'll take it from him. Well, that's not really great percentage, but you like the attempts. He's shooting really well from three. He's he's actually been – He's actually been shooting really well this season for three, but he's been, you know, a guy that's probably not in the Pelicans' future. I think he's somebody you'll have to watch for at the deadline and see if they make a move for. But their biggest thing is they can't play defense. So until they can figure that out, they're going to lose games. And obviously the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't a great team. They're not even a good team. So – this just raises a lot of questions for me for about the Pelicans, and I think David Griffin has a lot of questions that he needs to answer soon. Yeah, the problem with this team is that everybody's inefficient outside of Zion. So mm-hmm. Ingram, Ingram, kind of efficient. Let's see what he is he's shooting forty-seven percent, thirty-seven percent from the three. So he's relatively efficient. He's pretty. He's doing pretty good out there. But again, he just doesn't. He doesn't like. He's not really, like, volume. He doesn't, like – well, he's volume, but he doesn't just, like, score a bunch of points. Like, he don't give you, like, 40s and stuff like that. Like, you kind of need that from him. But like you were saying, Steven Adams and Zion down there, it just makes his, like, ultra difficult. Zion just yeah. don't even shoot threes no more. He just goes to the – now. he only is in the paint now. So mm-hmm. – and he's capable of doing it. He does it every game. But it's just that, you know – it's, it, what they need, what they do need, is a um, is a stretch five, and you know if they can find a stretch five out there anywhere, like honestly, it might sound silly, but that dude right up there on the other team, not even Towns, if they could find a way to snag like Nas Reed, <laughs> like that that really would just make Zion's life so much easier. Yeah. Just because he's he Nasri shoots thirty four percent from three, so it's just somebody that'll just you know be outside so that Zion and Ingram can go in the paint. But yeah, playing them together at the same time is going to be difficult because Ingram won't be allowed to drive, and they're just going they're just going you know just be out there. Everything's going to be contested and difficult whenever they're out there. But yeah, if you know if Lonzo's going to shoot three for twelve. And if, if Bledsoe is going to shoot one for eight, then, yeah, Ingram going to need to score 40. I, he just don't do it. I'm, I don't, it's not even that he's not capable. I think 40 is like his career high, but he just don't do it that often. So, yep. But on to the next game, we have, we have the Los Angeles Clippers against the Golden State Warriors. The Clippers won 130 to 104. Um, you know, everybody for Golden State was really pretty average out there, including Steph, you know, 12 from Draymond, which is actually really good for Draymond, two of three from three. So, you know, Draymond went out there. He actually scored today, but he ain't had no assists, which means he probably wasn't being the best playmaker. He only had two. He only had three rebounds, too, so he wasn't being his normal playmaking all, all around player. So, um, Steph had 14. Uber had 15, Wiggins had 15, you know, Mannion, uh, Nico Mannion had 10 off the bench, Wiseman had 14, Poole had 15, 14. Everybody was just kind of regular out there for Golden State. And Kawhi wasn't. Kawhi had 28 <laughs> on 10 of 17 shooting, 
Paul George, highest plus minus on the team with a plus 32, even though he only shot five of 14. Um, you know, he was probably playing good defense because you can play defense on these guys. And Serge has 16 and 14 rebounds, which is obviously a big, you know, big contribution. Serge hasn't been playing too well this season. Lou Williams had 14, but really everybody just scores something. Everybody, everybody in this team just has some points out there. <laughs> so it really was, Golden State just wasn't able to defend everybody. So what'd you see out of this game? Yeah, this was a three-quarter game. Fourth quarter, it was garbage time, and the game was so out of balance that the bench players for Golden State played. But it was a game where Steph struggled. He only had seven points at halftime. Finished the game with 14, 0 of 5 from three at half. Finished the game 1 of 8 overall from or 1 of 8 from three, 6 of 16 overall. And they're going to have to go as Steph goes. And so they can't really afford to have Steph have off nights because Draymond's a guy that's relying on Steph to make threes and make yeah. his shots because that's where he generates his assists. And that's how basically their offense goes through Steph. And yeah. when he's off, which is rare because he's such a great shooter that they're just not going to win the game. And they're playing – it just happened – so happened that they played a team like the Clippers who have – you know, Kawhi Leonard out there who had 14 in the first quarter, just out there dominating. Paul George had 12, I believe, in the third quarter out of his 17. You got 16 and 14 from Serge. He was playing well. They got some good minutes out of Zubak and Lou Will off the bench together. They've been producing, and everybody just got minutes because, you know, that's what happens when you – score 45 in the third quarter and just blow a team's doors off. So yeah. really, really good showing by the Clippers. I've had some critical words for the Clippers in the past, but yeah. maybe maybe that switch for them is really, you know, going to be right there and they can, you know, kind of find their rhythm to start the second half and try to finish strong and head into the playoffs. Again, the thing with the Clippers is just like they – they really play to their competition and that's what fucks them up. They, they like, they, they, they see a team that they think they're better than and then they just kind of relax. But then they see a team like Golden State where even if Golden State ass, Steph's still right there. So they will, you yeah. know, they will, you know, put their effort out into that. But I really do think it's just a matter of the Clippers just, when they see, when they see a team that's worthy, <laughs> they try. But the problem is they don't be seeing every team is worthy. <laughs> so, you know, they don't always put the effort in. But, you know, they definitely put the effort in tonight for this one. Uh, let's see. What's the next game I want to do? All right. We got the other TNC game of the night. The Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets. This was the grand return of Marcus Smart. 20, 20 minutes, 20 points off the bench. Um, he was a minus 12. But he did go out there and, you know, went three for five from three, eight and nine from the free throw line. Mind you, Brooklyn don't play defense. So, you know, well, they, they kind of play defense, actually, at this point. But, you know, Marcus Smart came back, had a good return. Um, Jason Tatum actually had a great game, shot 13 of 22, had 31 points. But Kemba Walker, 5 of 12, 11. Jalen Brown, 5 of 20, the fuck, 3. 
<laughs> can't be doing that out there. <laughs> you can't be doing that out there, Jalen. So, you know, Tice even has 17. You know, Tice doesn't really score too much too often. But Tice has 17. But Jalen couldn't go out there, play 40 minutes, shoot 5 of 23. That's just never going to work for them. And then in Brooklyn's case, you know, Joe Harris had 12. James Harden had 22, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Kyrie had 40 on his former team. And that boy Landry Shamit came off the bench with 18, 6 and 9, shooting plus 21, highest plus minus on the team. Jeff Green was right behind him with 11 points and, you know, 2 of 4 from 3, plus 18. So, you know, what's, what's your outlook on this game? Yeah, this comes down to Brooklyn's, you know, high-powered offense, you know, being too much. They got really good shooting from Shambin, like you said, 6 of 9 from 3. Jeff Green was 2 of 4. He used 11 points with plus 18 off the bench. A couple of some, some really good minutes out of uh, Nick, Nicholas Claxton, too. Even though he only had 4, but he was a plus 10. And I was just watching his game, and he, his, two, his two baskets were, you know, in critical moments and I think Kyrie was doing Kyrie things 15 of 23 5 of 8 from 3 he did have eight rebounds you don't really see him get a lot of rebounds often but James Harden really close to a triple double he's been playing like a top five to top five six MVP candidate and for Celtics they just didn't have enough offense and couldn't get stops like came down to Jalen Brown being five of 23 in his 40 minutes. You don't play 40 minutes out there. You've got to give him more than 13 points if you're an all-star. So I think Kimba wasn't great either. He was 11 points on 12 shots. That's not the efficiency you're looking for. One of seven from three. You know, Marcus Smart, you'll look to see, you'll probably see him in the starting lineup. Well, probably not, actually. He probably will continue to come off the bench, giving them that scoring that they need, some defense down the stretch, but if Boston wants to try to figure out how to get into the playoff race where they're hosting home field or home court, then they're going to need Marcus Smart's minutes restriction to be lifted and him to play at a really high level because outside of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, Kimba's hit or miss, and that's really the the con- contributors right there. I mean, they are four. So they're fourth right now. Are they fourth? Yeah. Man, the East sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah, so I probably. thought they was like I thought they was like sixth. Nah, sixth is Charlotte. Wow. So, yeah. But you I can't mean, even over you can't even be overly critical of the Celtics because they're in the fourth seed. Yeah. But they Not, won game over five hundred. Yeah. I was about to say, like. You know they're they're in a, they're they're a highly inefficient team. We know this about them already. That's that that's never going to change at this point. Until Brad Stevens puts on his big boy pants, tells them spread the ball a little more. But you know what? If they if he's going to let them keep shooting, and they just going to keep shooting, some games they going you know some games Tatum going to score thirteen for twenty two, and then other times Jalen Brown going to shoot five twenty three. You know that's just what it's going to come down to. You know, Marcus Smart being back is critical, like we said. And, like, I was watching partially, and Marcus Smart was playing defense on Kyrie. It was just, you can't play defense on Kyrie. <laughs> no. 
It's just if the shot goes in, it goes in. If it don't, it don't. Kyrie has every single move ever created in his arsenal. So, you know, Kyrie was, you know, just phenomenal out there. And, like, you can't – this is one of those games you can't be mad at them for losing at the Celtics. Like, Brooklyn really has – even without Durant, Brooklyn really has just been the best team out there by far. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is definitely just another good showing for them. And then, I don't like it's you know we, we're predicting them to go to the finals. It'll just be interesting to see how it all comes together. You know when Durant comes back, because there could be questions just just about you know the continuity of the team. Even though they all have played with each other for a while at this point, but it'll just be interesting to see. I'm not saying they won't make the finals, but I think the playoffs will definitely be interesting to see how Brooklyn gets tested. Definitely. Definitely. So, um, I think it'll be interesting to see how they get tested if they don't decide to add another big man. So if they end yeah. up playing like a Philadelphia, how do they match up with a Joel and B and having a Ben Simmons out there? Like how mm-hmm. does they play against them? So yeah, Lamarcus, it'd be interesting to see. LaMarcus and or DeMarcus will be there soon. So they, they're going to have another big man in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> So true. Yeah, I mean everybody's trying to go there right now. So or Drummond, we forgot, but Drummond yep. still might get bought out at this point. So if if they if y'all don't find a way to trade them, but you know. So um, next up we got Philadelphia 76ers against the Chicago Bulls. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid did not play, and the 76ers won by 22 against the Chicago Bulls. Um, Tobias Harris had 24. Dwight Howard had 18 and 12. Cork Moss had 16 off the bench. You know, Shake Milton had 10. Uh, Seth Curry had 12. Thibel had 13. Tony Bradley had 14. And then for Chicago, Markinen came back. He had 23. Levine only had 19. Kobe had 18. And Thaddeus Young had 14. And, you know, Sadoransky was the lowest minus on the team with a minus 24. And Danny Green was the highest plus minus on the team with a, with a, with a plus 21, only on three of nine shooting, too. So what did you see from this game? I saw the Sixers figure out a way to get everybody involved. I don't know how they did it, but they got – 18 from Dwight Howard off the bench with 12 rebounds, which is really good. They got Cork Miles to make seven field goals, even though he went one of six from three. Who knew he could score outside of the three-point line? So that was a good sign. A good sign. Yeah. And Tobias, Tobias Harris, obviously Tobias Harris is the MVP. Yeah. Because clearly, clearly like he doesn't need Joel and B or Ben Simmons. That's that was the whole problem all along, but Obviously, and, and Chicago's been a good team. Uh, I don't, but, but they've been a they've been an all right team for for most of the season. It's not like they're trash. They're not good. No. They're not like super garbage. No, sixteen and nineteen. They're only a couple games back, or a few games back from the Celtics in the four seed. So yeah, it's not like they're the worst team in basketball. But this is a really good showing from the Sixers, and it's all about 
you know, getting Thibault to make three of three from three. That's a good yeah. sign. He's known as a – you want him to be a 3 and D guy, but he still has to work on his shot a little bit. He defends well. Steph Curry, he, did, he was one of six from three, but didn't matter. He was a plus 10. And the Sixers suddenly have a lot of depth. And yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how it plays out once Embiid and Simmons get back out there and if they can continue to get some, contrib- some contributions from some of these guys. But, you know, a game where the Bulls tried to get Laurie Marketing back integrated with the team and it didn't really work well, even though he was 7-7 seven of seven from three, he only made one field goal outside of that. You know, they got to try to give him some some touches inside the three-point line as well. So just not enough offense from the Bulls. And the Sixers are an elite team, and I'm not surprised by the outcome. Well, actually, I am. I am surprised by the outcome. I'm actually shocked by the outcome. This man went from not surprised to shocked in, in 10 it's seconds. like, no, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually shocked. <laughs> one thing I thought the one, Bulls could do something better than this. One thing about the Bulls that I've noticed, one thing about mm-hmm. them that I've noticed, and like I saw earlier in the season, but like you know, sometimes you just see little glimpses of things and you don't take full take full into it, but then you see you start seeing it a little again. And like when Lori isn't there, Zach Zach just shooting. So you know. He's yeah. gonna shoot, he's gonna get his 30, and like it really just keeps him in the offense more. Cause whenever Lori comes back, you know, Lori takes some of the shots away from Zach. And he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't even shoot that much. He only shot, you know, 20. He only shot um 11 times. He had 23 points. He was actually really effective out there. Seven of seven from three. He was perfect from the three-point line. He was amazing out there. But still. You know, sometimes when, when, when Lori's there, it takes the shots away from Zach, and, you know, it just makes him less of a threat out there. So that's just something I've noticed. And I'm not even going – I'm not going to blame Lori because obviously Lori was amazing out there. But that's just something to note. But, um, yep. yeah, for Philadelphia, everybody's came together. And I think – I do think Matisse in the starting lineup is actually really good because if he's just the last person you got to worry about, and, you know, I think it does make it a little easier for him to score. Like, he went 5-5 five and five out there, 3-3 three and three from 3. So, I think him in the starting lineup, it's not going to happen. But I think it's something they should look into. But then at that same point, who you put on the bench? Would you put Danny on the bench? Because I, I don't think Danny should be on the bench. And then Seth, the only other person would be Seth. But then Seth just creates so much with his shooting. It really is. Philadelphia just has so much depth at this point. And just yep. two years ago, two years ago, they were, they had the worst bench in NBA history <laughs> type shit. <laughs> like, their bench was atrocious, like, two years yep. ago. But, you know, they, they've realized their problems. And, you know, the GM, Elton Brand has definitely, you know, Elton Brand and Daryl Morey, obviously, this season have done a lot to, you know, revamp the team and everything and Doc's been doing a fine job coaching you know Doc's generally a good at least regular season coach so you know he definitely has Philadelphia thriving out there well you know all everybody does but yeah Tobias Harris is definitely keeping up with his MVP campaign <laughs> we're gonna see more <laughs> of that 
So <laughs> next up, we have Miami versus Orlando. So, you know, Miami won 111 to Orlando's 103. Vucevic had 24 and 17. Dwayne Bacon had 21 on 6 of 15 shooting. Michael Carter-Williams had 17 and 7, seven assists. Birch had no points, 0-6 from the field, but he had 11 rebounds. And, oh, Terrence Ross wasn't playing. So there was no Terrence Ross fighting out there. And for Miami, Jimmy Butler had 27, 8, and 11. Kendrick Nunn had 13. Kelly Olynyk had 20. Um, Bam Adebayo wasn't playing at all. Tyler Hero had 17 off the bench. And so and Andrajic had 11 off the bench. So what did you see from this game? Yeah, for, you know, Miami, they've been getting a lot of really good games out of Jimmy Butler as of late. He's been thriving in that, you know, kind of point guard role for them. He had 11 assists, you know, put pitch in 27, just having a ball in his hands. It's it's just crazy to think that he was another player that was on the Sixers just a couple of years ago. Yeah. And just he how they're the still just – The reason yep. they almost won the finals. <laughs> yep. And, you know, they didn't have Bam out there, obviously, but they did have Kelly Olenek have a really good game. He was four of eight from three. Tyler Hero, he was one of seven from three, not great, but he was seven for 15 overall, so you'll take that. 17 points. You got some production out of Drogic with his 11. And, you know, for Orlando, outside of Vucevic and Bacon and Williams, they really didn't get much. Or Aaron Gordon returned. He had nine points, but I'm sure he was on a minutes restriction or something. And they didn't have Fournier and they didn't have Ross, and that's a lot of their scoring for them. And it just wasn't – they just didn't have enough to keep up with Miami. 103 is just not going to beat a lot of teams, and I'm sure they know that they were coming in shorthanded and they needed everything from everybody, and they just didn't get enough. Oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that Fournier was there. Oh, yeah, they needed Vooch to score 40. <laughs> yeah. That, that was the only way they would have won this game, if Vooch scored 40. And, you know, he's capable of it. He's done it before. But, you know, Miami, Miami, Jimmy, you know, everybody just wasn't going to let that happen. Eric Spolstra, Pat Riley, they were just, they just weren't going to let that happen. He wasn't just going to explode on them. So, you know, uh, or Orlando just going to be shorthanded and this their two best score. Well, three of two of their three best scores, obviously, which is their best. But they're going to miss Terrence Cross and Fournier. It's just going to be hard for them to win, for them to uh, win any games. And I just noticed, but Aaron Gordon did come back. So, you know. That should be good for their defense, for, for defensive purposes. And then, you know, Alfa Rufino out there, too. He's he's generally a good defender as well. So, you know, that should all be helpful for defense. But, yeah, they need some offense out there. And then let's see. Next game. Right. Let's talk about Dallas versus Oklahoma City. Dallas lost 108. Well, Dallas had 108. Oklahoma City had 116. Luca and Porzingis to in play, but Josh Richardson had 27 on 10 of 15 shooting, but he was the lowest minus on the team. Um, Jalen Brunson had 26 on 9 of 15 shooting. Tim Hardaway had 24 on 7 of 18 shooting. And for the Thunder, Shea had 32. Horford had 21. Dort had 14. Pokusevicki 
had 14. Maladon had 11. And, you know, they just got really good contribution from their offense. Um, Moses Brown had 8 and 12 off the bench. So what did you guys say about this game? This was a game where Shea just was the best player on the floor. Like, he was 11 of 22. He was 1 of 5 from 3, but he was 9 of 9 from the free throw line, 6 assists, just getting into the paint, just making plays out there. And they got good shooting night from Dort. He was 4 of 7 from 3. Al Horford made 4 of 5 from 3, 21 points. Anytime they get really good minutes out of Al Horford and Shea, they, they really genuinely have a – or routinely have a chance to win games and against Dallas with no Porzingis and no Luka. Obviously, they were going to be shorthanded, but playing with the best backup point guard in the league, in my opinion, Jalen Brunson, they got 26 points out of him, 27 from Josh Richardson. But obviously, coming into this game, you're shorthanded. Even though the seven or even though the Thunder aren't, you know, the best team in the West, they're a team that fights. So you knew it was going to be a tough game for him. And, you know, Oklahoma City proved why, you know, their player, or at least Shea proved why he probably, alongside, you know, DeMar DeRozan, could have had a shot at replacing De- or Devin Booker in front of Mike Conley as well. So, um, yeah, the Thunder, the Thunder, <laughs> go ahead. I said, yeah, there's a yes. lot of people that could have replaced like, Mike Conley. <laughs> It's like at least four. It's like at least four players, man. Yeah. De'Ara was right there with 30 as well. Yep. What were you about so, to say, though? Yeah, but, you know, the Thunder, they got a great production out of their starters. Everybody at double figures and a couple guys off the bench close to double figures. Anytime you have balanced scoring like that, it's going to be tough to stop. And, you know, Dallas isn't a team known to play defense and without their two best players. They don't have that offense to offset that. So, you know, that was one of the major reasons for them to lose. Yeah, Luca and Porzingis not being there, you know, that definitely just hurt everything. And then on top of that, they were they were all just playing on the end of a back to back as well. So, you know, they were probably they probably just didn't have the legs for it as well. You know, Josh went out there, yeah, and Jalen went out there and played fine. You know, it just wasn't gonna be much for them to do without you know, the offensive Luka and Porzingis, so. Right, so next up, we have the Charlotte Hornets versus the Detroit Pistons. It was a 102-105 game. Detroit lost. Um, Detroit had 102. Jeremy Grant had 32, continuing his great season, continuing showing why, you know, should have been an all-star out there, Um, you know. 14 points, 11 points, uh, 14 points from Sadiq Bey, and 11 points from Mikhailik, and just not much else from anybody else, but they still only lost by three. LaMelo didn't have a great game. He only shot three of 11 from the field. He had seven points, nine assists. Cody Zeller had 15. Rosier had 17. Gordon Hayward had 17. P.J. Washington had 20. You know, it wasn't a great scoring night for most, from, you know, most everybody out there. But, you know, it came down to Scary Terry just taking over at the end, just closing the game. Like, we've known that he's been capable to do since his Boston days. So, what did you see from this game? Yeah, obviously, it's really tough 
for the Pistons to manufacture offense because they don't really have a lot of scores out there. You know, they're uh, they're one of the worst teams in the league roster-wise. Even though they do have 10 wins, they're playing well, you know, with Jeremy Grant playing in a feature role. And they play defense a little bit, and they just play hard, but they don't have the talent. Sadiq Bey, he scored – he was four of nine from three, so that's really good for them. And outside of that, and Mahalo, they didn't really get any scoring. And they – the Hornets – down the stretch, they couldn't have they had no answer for Terry. Terry was just scoring some amazing baskets. You know, PJ Washington, I think he hit a big time three and a four. They got one of three shooting from Malik Monk off the bench. That's not great. Neither was Devontae Graham, but you know, that's really all they needed was a few baskets each off the bench. And Couple that with the starters and PJ Washington's 20 with Gordon Hayward 17, and it's a recipe to win. I'm actually surprised that they won the game because I was actually, don't ask me why I was watching this game, but just down the stretch, man, Mahaluk was just terrible. Turnover after air ball after turnover, and it just cost them the game. And I think obviously their team playing for the lottery, so. You expect them to lose against a team like Charlotte, who's, you know, kind of cementing themselves as going to be one of those teams in the East in the playoff line. Yeah. And, you know, it really did just come down to a closer. And, you know, that's normally what that's normally what makes, you know, Detroit lose these games in the end. They normally just don't have a closer out there. And, you know, it's, it was, it's and Terry's basically cemented that role for himself. And Charlotte, so that's really what it came down to for me. Um, next up, we have the Phoenix Suns against the Portland Trailblazers. Phoenix won 127 to Portland 121. Devin Booker had 35 on 12 21 shooting with eight assists. DeAndre Ayton had 11. Uh, uh, Michael Bridges had 18. Chris Paul had 19. Jay Crowder. Had 13, Cameron Payne had 13, and Dario Sarge had 11. Cam Johnson didn't play. And for, for, for Portland, Lillard had 30 on 10 of 23 shooting. Cantor had 16 and 11. Trent had 17. Covington had 13. Simons had 10 after dunk contest win. And Carmelo had 13. So what did you see from this game? All 4 of 12 shooting from Carmelo. Yeah, it came – it really – honestly, it came down to mellow for me. Like, during this recent stretch when Portland's been winning a lot of games, Melo's always shot well from the field. And he was 4-12 overall, 13 and a minus 8. They ended up losing by 7 or 6. And I think that was the biggest difference. I think for Port or me, for Phoenix, Devin Booker just was – Devin Booker, 35 points, 8 assists, 19 and 7 from Chris Paul. You're getting – Bench production, Jay Crowder's playing well. You're getting Sarge to play really meaningful minutes. You're getting a lot of Cameron Payne. He was four or five overall, three or three from three with his 13 and six assists. So Phoenix is currently playing like one of the better teams in the West. And Portland's right there. But, you know, until they get fully healthy, they're going to lose games like this because you're putting a lot on a guy like Melo to, you know, consistently – give you 15 to 20 you need it you need his 
minutes to be a little less impactful, not impactful, but a little less high leverage minutes for him and get him against some second units to where he doesn't have to work as hard. And I think, you know, he'll probably be a little bit more efficient and it wasn't a blowout. So no really big takeaways from Dame. Dame does what he normally does. 10 of 23 is not what he would have hoped for, but it's still not terrible. Five of 12 from three is, you know, that's good. Anytime you're over 40% made all of his free throws. But I think, I think if he was to say something, he would probably point to his turnovers. He had five of those eight, eight turnovers, five assists, not the best ratio. So, Dame had a Dame game, but they just need their full complement of players to, you know, be the hot team like Phoenix. I mean, I ain't going to necessarily put it all on, you know, Carmelo. It just has to be – it has to be any of the three. It has to be any of either Carmelo, Simons, or Trent because they've really been the ones that's been carrying the offensive load that CJ has, you know, that has been gone since CJ's been gone. And it's, it's normally been – one of, you know, Trent or Carmelo with an occasional burst from Simons. But if Carmelo's going to shoot four for 12 and then Trent's going to shoot five for 16 right with him, you know, it's just going to be difficult for the games out there, especially yep. against a team like Phoenix, who's cemented themselves as, you know, a top five team in the league. So at least top six, if not top five. So, you know, <laughs> Phoenix has been on a roll. You know, they've been playing really well recently. So, and last but not least, we have the Atlanta Hawks against the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Toronto was missing everybody. They were missing Fred Van Vliet. They are missing OG Ananobi, and they were missing Pascal Siakam. But it didn't matter. Well, it didn't matter because they lost. But, um, you know, Norm, <laughs> <laughs> but Norm Powell had uh, 33. Kyle Lowry had 17 and 12. And Boucher had 29 off the bench. They gave it all they could, but they just lost in the one-point loss against Atlanta, 121-120. Trey Young had 37. Gallinari had 20. Kevin Werter had 19. John Collins had 13. Capella had 9 and 19 rebounds. So they're still missing Cam Reddish, and they're still missing DeAndre Hunter, but they aren't missing everybody. <laughs> so that's one thing. But it did come down to, you know, a late fight back by Atlanta Toronto. Toronto was up, but Trey Young does against teams that, you know, aren't quite aren't quite as good as the Hawks at this point. At least when like when teams are injured or something like that, you know. Trey Young's a capable closer. He's definitely capable of getting to the free throw line, as we know. He shot 13 of 16 from the free throw line. You know. He was probably upset about Nick not making the All-Star game, so he wanted to show why he feels like he should have been one. Yeah. I think um, I think this was a, a game where, like you said, Trey Young, you know, wanted to prove that he didn't have a fluke season last year, and this is who he is. And it's been some grumblings about him and John Collins and how they play together and, you know, it led to the firing of Lloyd Pierce, but under the the new head coach, who's the head coach? Is he used to be Lloyd a Pierce. head coach? I, no, who's the who replaced Lloyd Pierce? Uh, the interim, I can't remember his name. But it's that's gonna kill me all day if I don't remember. But yeah, yeah, just they've been playing hard under him, and you know, 
they got really good production from Dal- from Gallinari, Bogdanovich. Oh, even though Nate he, McMillan. Yeah, Nate McMillan. Bogdanovich, he's played 16 minutes. He was a minus four of, or a minus four. He was a minus four, 0 of six from the field, 0 of five from three. You, you want to see him kind of get things going for them. He was a big signing. They got some good minutes from Horder with his 19, three of nine. Had 15 threes as a team. But it really just came down to that fourth quarter, that winning 37-26, you know, down the stretch, the Raptors, they just couldn't get enough baskets. Norman Powell was excellent with his 33 on 6 of 10 from three. You got 17 and 12 assists from Lowry, but, oh, yeah, and 29 and nine from Boucher. But this is a team that needs everybody because, obviously, they're missing that high-end star. So, you know, they don't have that same star power down the stretch like uh, an Atlanta who's probably going to get foul calls. You see Trey Young got to the free throw line 16 times. So Atlanta's a team that's trying to figure out a way to stay in a hundred things. They don't want to have another slip like they did earlier in the season. So they made a move early trying to prevent some of the things from happening. And so far, so good. Yeah. I mean, again, Toronto's just not going to win. You know, too many games. They've been on a three-game losing streak, and that's just because they've been missing three of their, you know, four or five best players out there. So, right. you know, they're going to be missing Van Vliet, OG, and even though they really did fight for this one. So that's all the games for the last two days. So what's your game of the day, player of the day, coach of the day, and dickhead of the day? All right, so let's take a look for my for my player of the day. I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving, 40 points for the you know victory against his home, his former Boston Celtics team. Missing Kevin Durant out there. Kevin Durant might be out another week. It looks like. That's something we'll have to monitor, but Kyrie putting the team on his back like he does. And for my coach of the night, I'm going to go with Doc Rivers getting the win against the Bulls with no Joel Embiid, no Ben Simmons. We'll see how long they're, those two are out dealing with the protocol issues. And for my – what I got left? Just the kid of the day? Um. You did, Coach. You did. did you do game? Oh, I didn't do game. For my game of the night, I'm going to go with – I got to go with Atlanta, Toronto. Tony Snell hit the game winner for Atlanta. That's another thing we forgot to point out. I don't know if um, you did or not. Not even. But, know. yeah, Tony Snell hit the game winner. So that was a good game for them close game and for my dickhead of the night I just gotta go with Mahaluk Svi I'm, I'm gonna I gotta, I'm try to get his first name right Sviat Uslavme Mahaluk <laughs> that's his name <laughs> but man he was just so bad for the Pistons man like I really wonder what side what team he was playing for because it didn't look like he was playing for the Pistons. It looked like he didn't know what he was doing out there. 
And it came to a point where they just had to bench him down the stretch, just take him out of the game automatically. And he was just selling. And I just got to go with him as my – if yeah, you look at the it looked that bad. But it was bad. like a two minute stretch, and it was just so bad. So that's my dickhead right there. And I got I gave it to him because it's a game where not a lot of people watch and not a lot of people know what I'm talking about. But yeah, for those of you who do, shout out to you. <laughs> so my player, <laughs> my player tonight will be. Jonas Valanciunas of the Memphis Grizzlies for his thirty and his first thirty and twenty against the um against the Washington Wizards. My mm-hmm. coach of the night, I agree with you. It'll be Doc Rivers for you know being able to beat the Bulls without his two best players out there. Um, you know, um, let's see what else. Game of the day, I'll do. I'll do Charlotte versus Detroit just because it it, it ended uh, it ended on a you know a scary Terry and a scary Terry you know closer out there you know he was just able to you know show why he feels like he deserved a bigger role in Boston and you know mm-hmm. why he why he feels like he deserved this big contract it's not huge but you know it's it's, it's a big enough contract and then dick of the day I don't have one I do not have one so. It's nothing wrong with opting out of the decade of the day sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, man, I created it. I can pick and choose when I want to. <laughs> I can pick and choose when I want to pick one. It got to be somebody who really deserves it. I ain't going to, you know, call somebody out. You got to really yeah. it. I just didn't see nothing last night or for the last two nights that, you know, showed me that anybody deserved it. I mean, no, nah, we already did the all-star shit, so I really came with that shit. Oh shit! Actually, I forgot. <laughs> I straight Actually, forgot. I straight forgot. Forget? I straight forgot. <laughs> dickhead of the week. Dickhead. Oh of the, man. Dickhead of the month. Myers. Yes. The fuck Leonard. Leonard, bro. I didn't even. I didn't even. I never even heard of that word before. But bro, there are so many other ways that you can roast people, bro. You can't. You can't just call somebody a bitch. You can call somebody a motherfucker, call somebody an asshole, call somebody whatever the fuck else. But what you can't do is go out there and use racial slash ethnic, ethnic slash whatever slurs against people. And, you know, I ain't going to say it, but, you know, he lost he lost his Twitch sponsorship. He lost he, – he was in, like, the FaZe Clan or something like that. He got kicked yeah. out. He got suspended by the NBA for a week. He got fined fifty thousand dollars. It's just, it's just been, a, it's just been a downhill for him. So, Myers Leonard, you are the dickhead of the week. Not even the day, the week. <laughs> that is a good choice, man. I wish I would have thought of that when I was I, taking mine. I but I just had, I just had, <laughs> I just had Mahalouk in my mind from watching the game last night. I just knew that he was gonna be my pick. But now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, the, the unanimous dickhead of the week got to go to Myers Leonard. You just got to know your surroundings. You got to know what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, no matter if it's a joke or not. And I know some of those Xbox chats, it has been notorious for just all Slurs. kinds of just slurs. But 
you know how deep in your racism bag you have to be to just know what that means like I never to just even you yeah i never heard of that word like so yeah man that's just the biggest dickhead of the day like nothing else can replace that one that might be the dickhead of the year too that's definitely the nominee yeah oh it'll definitely be in our award show the dickhead of the year but um you know it's just again there's just so many other things you can say to just you know not say uh, a racial or whatever slur out there and you know it cost him big time and the heat said that he's not going to be you know that he's going to be out indefinitely because of the situation and mind you it's not even like you're somebody that's important on the team bro no i haven't seen myers Leonard play for like he i mean he probably gets a couple minutes out there every here and there but he's not somebody that you know necessary to the team so you know he probably he probably just forgot he was famous <laughs> he probably just forgot he was famous for cannot drop your guard down no niggas caught me slipping once <laughs> <laughs> pretty much so you know but hey man it is what it is and you know We'll see y'all tomorrow. It's your boy Dom. It's your boy Darnell. Double D's. All we got to say is deuces. Later.